You're listening to the System Semi Podcast, episode number 197. Today, we're going to be talking about how to build a business with yourself in mind first. So stay tuned. Pina Colada Day is coming, y'all. We could all use a little something to look forward to these days. And it just so happens that Pina Colada Day falls right on a podcast Friday. So you can look forward to a special solo episode all about branding that day and three lucky winners will be smelling pina coladas in style. So go ahead and DM us a screenshot of your five star review on iTunes to enter to win a pina colada candle. The winners will be announced on July 10th on our Instagram channel. Thanks so much. Hey, I'm Jordan and my business love language is efficiency because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super stoked to send this guest to you guys today because she is such a delight and is so sharp and lovely that, you know, I think a lot of times we have very certain picture of what like a systems geekery person looks like. And what I love is Alyssa. Today's guest is totally a systems geeker person, but she also can write really well. And she's got this like beautiful duality that it just is so fun. And so I'm really excited to have her on the podcast specifically to really talk about how to build your business with yourself in mind first, which I think is very maybe it's controversial, but it's on that path. Because a lot of times people say, build something that your audience always wants. But what if that isn't in line with what you want? Right? I'm so excited. So Miss Alyssa, how are you doing today? Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having me. What an intro. Yeah. (laughs) I like to do spicy intros. It's fun. I love it. And so before we get into today's topic, uh, go ahead and tell the lovely listeners a little bit about you and your business. Yeah, so I have helped healthcare startups with their brand strategies, and then I moved into helping women bet on themselves by designing businesses that they love, and I am obsessed with it. I love helping women rewrite the stories they tell themselves and the message they share with others to like really create an awesome business that nourishes them as much as they nourish it. And I love that you work with like health con- or health like care businesses because the fact that you use the word nourish, it like automatically like wraps up and probably attracts a lot of your particular clients. So I am super excited to talk about this because I find, especially as women, you know, we are always nurturing others first. We're, you know, ignoring the flight attendants when they're like, put your mask on before you put on your child. Like nobody listens to that. I see. Well, thankfully I haven't had to see this yet, but I'm assuming that mothers will ignore this advice. And so I'm really excited about how we can make our businesses and create businesses to sustain us instead of drain us. So um, talk to me about what your business or even your clients' businesses are like before they start to really think about themselves first when it comes to building their business. Yeah. My clients come to me, there have always been two arms, sort of like the startup arm and then the coaching arm and people who are solopreneurs, like most of this crowd. So in either case, though, it's funny, people come to me in a similar state. It's like you have all of these ideas and 
what on earth are you going to do with them? How are you going to put it into something that makes sense to people? That's usually where they're coming from. Like, how do I make this make sense to people? But I often find that what we need to do first is help you make all of those ideas make sense to you first. And so it's really this process of translating all of your thoughts that are running like this hamster wheel. People come to me with this hamster wheel perpetually running in their minds and we get them off of that quickly so that they can start to see how all of these pieces of their lives that feel like don't necessarily mix together actually really do. And it's a huge asset to your business. Absolutely. I never like being on that hamster wheel. I think it does too depend. You know, I... I'm big on Enneagram because I I love all things personality tests. And I think of like the Enneagram twos who are people pleasers and just want everyone to like them and like what they're doing and find their stuff to be the most helpful. I find that a lot of, a lot of the Enneagrams, you know, struggle with what you're talking about, but I think really Enneagram twos specifically are the ones who just want to please everybody. And you can end up making like, if you basically create an offer based on what everybody else is telling you to create, you're going to have 50 offers. And to me, that sounds exhausting. So as somebody who has literally built over 25 offers in the past four years, I can tell you it's pretty exhausting. So, you know, I like that you touched on this. And if you are in this place, then listen up, buckle up, because we're about to take you on a ride. So start to walk us through the first step in really putting yourself first when it comes to building your business. Yes. And I love what you said about Enneagrams as well. I just have to touch on that because I am an Enneagram too. It's like a two and a nine. And so I'm a recovering people pleaser because what I realized is that when you do that, especially as service providers, if you are tailoring every single offering to what that client needs, like that's how you get burnt out. So what we start with then is, you know, the ever famous now start with why Simon Sinek, we start with why, but it's so much deeper than just that one question. I actually make people ask themselves why five or six times, Mm -hmm. because when you first ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? It's the answer from the hamster wheel. It's the answer that you've been playing over and over in your head again and again. And so we need to get deeper. We need to go five to six layers deeper to finally figure out, okay, no, but really, like, what's the thing that is driving me? What is this underlying motivation? So we always start there. Cool. And so how do you start to draw that out, right? Like if you feel, if you haven't thought about that really before and in a deep way, like how, what are maybe some ways to start to really, I guess, unpeel the layers that are onions? Like we are totally onions, so many layers. Yes. You pretend like you're a (laughs) three-year-old. You know how three-year-olds, like they're infamous for just coming up and like, why does this work? Well, why does it do that? You just become a three-year-old to yourself. And with clients who I'm working with one-to-one, I become that annoying three-year-old. And I just ask them until I really get to, usually when I work with people on one-to-one, I can start to hear when it takes shape. When people are journaling about it and doing it on their own, It's really important that you write out, okay, so like just take a piece of paper and write why, give yourself like enough room for a paragraph, but write why on there five different times. And then once you see your first answer, 
look at it and be like, okay, but why is that important? Like, what is the next layer of that? And then keep going and make yourself do it. Don't give up on the third one. Yeah. I'm going to say like, what is it about the five that makes it like, is that fifth layer like the most core layer or could you technically keep going after the, the whys? You can definitely keep going. And if it's still, if you're not letting yourself surrender to the process a little bit, then you might need to do more. It's five is not the magic number, but that's usually where I've found there starts to be a shift. Got it. Cool. All right. So once you get done with the five whys, what do we do next? Yeah. So the other thing that's really important um, is acknowledging what you've done. So as a person who has a tendency to be more anxious, I like roll over accomplishments and breeze past them pretty quickly. And I know a lot of my other high achieving solopreneurs do this as well. So we start with why, and then we always start with what are your most favorite accomplishments? Like what are the 10 things that you love that you've achieved in your life? And The reason I phrase it like that is because sometimes the accomplishments that we think are sexy in the marketplace aren't the ones that we actually value the most. And so I like to see those differences. Hmm. That's such an intriguing question. And even, right, just like processing this like on the fly, like whenever people ask like a similar question of just like, you know, what accomplishments have you been uh, really proud of throughout the years? Like, honestly, mine was winning like whatever, enjoy the geekery, but winning like the vice presidency of my junior class in high school. And the reason for that is because I had just moved to a new school two months before that and nobody even knew my name, but I was determined for people to know my name. And what's the way you do that? Well, you get on the stage in front of everybody and say your name and try to make friends. And so it was a moment that was, I was really proud of because I was going up against, you know, it's like typical high school, right? Like the homecoming queen and like the super jock and like, that was my life. And I was just like, all right, well, yeah. You know, I'm the new girl. Hi, I'm Jordan. Like and all this. And it was one of those moments that I'm just really proud of myself because it's a spot where a lot of new kids wouldn't put themselves. But, and then hearing your name over the loudspeaker that you won was just like, oh my gosh. And then people coming up to you and being like, I totally voted for you, but don't tell anybody. Like it was totally that whole (laughs) thing. And so it's interesting to reflect back on that because I I don't think about that often, but when people talk about accomplishments, that's one that definitely comes up for me. I love that because even, you know, so that's the type of thing when you ask yourself those questions, you start to get really rich content for emails and for blogs and for videos, because can't you imagine telling that story now and showing how that's kind of the same thing that started happening when you started your business? Totally. And so you, the key underpinning of like all the work I do with people, which we'll go through the rest of the steps, but I'm always trying to make people better writers and infuse more of their personality into their writing as well, because we're hardwired to connect over story. And so when you can jog your memory around these stories that impacted you and shaped you, but aren't necessarily like those huge inciting incident cornerstone stories. That's where you can really connect with people. Yeah, that's so, so true. I'm totally going to write about this in an email one of these days. All right. (laughs) And then you'll have an awesome gift with it. Absolutely. Gifts always. So, all right. What is next? 
Okay, so then we can start thinking about, so we start with why we think about your greatest accomplishments. And then I ask you like, what do you want to offer? Because if you start thinking about what people need before what you need and what you want to offer, then you're on a fast track to burnout. So then we really dive into, okay, what is the strategy of how you're going to design this system? What's important to you and what do you want to offer? And we get a cursory outline. Oh, interesting. Okay. So then you're not like, literally, we haven't even touched on who you're helping at all at this point, which I think is super fascinating. And the fact that there's literally three steps all about you already, maybe making some people uncomfortable. What are some ways that you can overcome having to focus this much on yourself as somebody who also likes to just like hide in the shadows and not think about myself? (laughs) Yes. Um, you can only serve people at your highest capacity if you're also serving yourself, which I know sounds cliche and a little woo, but it's true. It's like, if you don't think about what you need and what's going to feel good to you, those moments where it gets hard. And when you have a client who's just like annoying you, which inevitably happens, oh yeah, it gets much harder to get out of bed. But if you have really built a business that is designed around something that you want and you're focused on bringing people to that vision that you're holding for them, your business becomes so much more powerful and your stage becomes so much more fun. And it's so fun to invite people to that stage with you then. Mm, Yes. So, 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 so true. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything. You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one-day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast-only pricing of $37 for this two-hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one-day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one-day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late-night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you catch my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. All right, what is next? Okay, so then finally, once we have like that cursory outline of what you think you might want to offer, then we start looking at, okay, like who do you want to serve? Like what types of people are in your network already, or what types of people do you want to attract to that offer? And so we start to see where that's in alignment and where it might not be in alignment and then have a conversation around, you know, boundaries and where you're going to make sacrifices there. But this is the step where we really start looking at who you want to serve. Yes. If you haven't done the work to understand what lights you up, what is important to you, what your values are, et cetera, et cetera, through the wise exercise, through all of that, and then you go out there 
you're going to attract all sorts of things. I'm such a believer in once you know the core of who you are and you show up that way, then you're going to attract people very similar to you. Maybe not necessarily in all the ways, but especially in how in your values and how you show up. And, you know, a good example, and I guess silly example of this is we got a an opportunity in the inbox that was for me sharing systems goodness to somebody's Instagram audience. And so I was like, cool. And uh, Trina in my inbox, she looked it over and she was like, super great. Awesome. Think it'd be fun. And I also should just let you know that this person has a cannabis tattoo on her butt and she has it as a post on her Instagram. And now you can have all sorts of tattoos on your butt and I don't care. And just having a bare butt on your Instagram in general is not necessarily as aligned with my somewhat more conservative brand, you know? And it's so looking at that, it's okay that she has that on her Instagram and I'm not judging her and I'm not saying shame on you, whatever. It's, we're just not in alignment and that's okay. And I would rather be able to show up hundred percent myself and, you know, not have to compromise is such a strong word, but just, I want to show up in people's feeds or in other people's communities where it's very mission driven. And again, not necessarily, I don't know, conservative is such a bad word, but just like, I don't even show, you know, pictures of myself in swimsuits, like, because that's just, I dress very conservatively. And so, you know, it's something small, but it also means a lot when you are consistently showing up in the way that people expect you to. So I don't know if you have a good example too of just, again, when you've either shown up in a way that aligns with your values and it's paid off and, you know, given you something amazing, or when you were faced with an opportunity that maybe didn't align and why you were able to then either, you know, say no or move past it because you knew yourself well enough to not pursue that particular opportunity. Yes. The art of saying no has been a journey for me as well. Yeah. The reality is is that we, most of us get into running a business of our own because we want freedom. But if we start to bend towards and compromise on some of those things, then like we quickly build ourselves a box and it doesn't feel like freedom at all. And so that's what I did in the initial years of my business. I took on a lot of projects that were fun at first. And then as I started to change and evolve, I kept saying yes to some of them. So like web design, I started out doing web design for people. And eventually, like I realized that was not the direction that I I wanted to continue developing. I really love the messaging side of it and how you position yourself and giving creative direction, but not all of the details of web design. And yet at times I kept finding myself saying yes, because it's what people needed and it's what they thought that they needed first. And so I would say yes, instead of really standing true to what I knew, which is your website is the least important thing about your business. Yes. I've had a one page website for the majority of my business. And honestly, I feel like the most recent iteration has been the most profitable website I've ever had (laughs) because it was direct and short and to the point. And there wasn't a whole lot of pages that you could just hang around and surf on. It was just, do you want these three things on this page? If not move along. Yeah. And it's so serious. Cause it's like, do you want to work with me? Do you not want to work with me? And it guides people to like how they might actually do that. Not just this clubhouse. Yeah, totally. I love that. And I mean, getting to the point where you say no is a journey for everybody. Even if you are somebody who's really comfortable with boundaries and expectations, which I would consider myself, but you know, opportunities and stuff still trip you up. So I say, 
you know, it's okay if it feels like Bambi (laughs) for the first little while where you're trying to just get your bearings, but it will so pay off when you stand in your power and know like, this is who I am. This is what I want. And this is how I can then help people in return. So I love this. And I think this is so crucial for people to really dive into, go back and listen to all of the steps do some journaling around this because I think it'll make you feel super grounded in your business overall. So any other tips or anything before we do a little bit of uh, software geekery? I would just remind people that like my definition of success, how you become profitable in your business really comes down to the stories that you tell yourself and the stories that you're telling other people. And so if you're not doing the inner work on the stories that you tell yourself, It's not going to give you the foundation for a sustainable business that it could if you were really getting honest about those things. So yes, definitely go journal. As a journal averse person, I feel the pain of what it means when someone says that, but I also know it's the thing that breaks through time and time again. Nice. I love it. All right. So we were talking before we started the interview just about different systems and software and other goodness that we really enjoy in our business. And so I would love to know and love for you to share with everybody else a few tools that just really get you excited and totally just get all of your systems working and thriving. Yes. I love geeking out over this stuff um, and have since I was like eight. So I love that we get to talk about this. One of my favorite tools is Coda. Um, Their site is coda.io. It's amazing. They say it's like a new day for docs and it kind of merges an amazing spreadsheet with an amazing document repository slash you're able to do everything from to-do lists to managing tasks to keeping all of your thoughts organized just in one central location. And I cannot sing its praises enough. Yes. So this is comparable to what? Like what is, what are other software that this is like comparable to, or like if people haven't ever heard of Coda and want to kind of start to understand it? So it's kind of like Notion. It's kind of like Airtable. Those are still more advanced software. So I would say like even someone who used Evernote could love Coda and it has like 10 times the power of Evernote. Nice. Love all of that. Yeah. I actually used to be an Evernoter back, back in the day. And so I could definitely appreciate a tool that works similarly to that and love Airtable. And I haven't played too, too much around with Notion, but I've been a client of some people who used it. And so I'm familiar with it from that angle, but yes, Coda sounds like we're all going to go on a rabbit hole and it's going to be great. So is there any other like tools or little software things that you want to share? Yes, there's two more. So Toby, I have a tab addiction problem. (laughs) Google Chrome and me are very good friends. Like I contain, I open multiple windows for different client things. So I have that down, but I like my tabs form a to-do list sometimes. And so I needed a way to organize them so that I could finally shut down Chrome and have it be able to update without me having a panic attack. So I found Toby. And it lets you organize tabs that are open into different collections and stores them for you. And then you can magically say like, close all, but open these. And so I can switch between client work and my own work or 
like, you know, a course that I might be working on very easily. And it also lets you share an entire tab collection with someone. So like I can send my assistant just a link to this tab collection and it has every single document that we would need to be able to open for a call. I mean, yeah, it's, I love those tab collectors because it makes it a lot easier because you can, I mean, tab like tornadoes happen very frequently. And I feel like for most people, they just keep, as they add more projects onto their plate in the day, they just keep adding tabs. And then you all of a sudden just see all the icons. And that is when it has gotten to be too much. And then when you can't see the icons, even it's beyond repair. So I love this Google Chrome plugin. I think a lot of people will be able to use it because I think the tab overdosing is, is a real thing. (laughs) Yes. And then very last one is a, I'm trying to make sure I don't mess up the name really quick. Okay. So it's called Weva tools. And here was the problem. Hmm. I read, you know, like about neuroscience and psychology and communication to really bring in those sciences to the work that I do with clients. And so I'll find these articles and there are things like pocket, which saves the article for you. But I want to like be able to highlight something like you would a book because I don't want to have to go back to that article and reread the entire 1800 words just to remember this one line. But I also don't want to have a note with a link and copy and paste it. So I went on a journey. It was like a two hour process. And I have done this. I've been searching for this for like three years, but I finally found it recently. So Weva, W-E-A-V-A, it lets you highlight an article on the internet. And then it like saves your highlight, saves your comment and the article in this repository. And it is life changing. I thoroughly enjoy this. Yes, I've literally pulled this up. This is going to be magical. And you can put it into folders. And so like when I want to be able to bring up a line about the science and use it when I'm teaching or creating a course, it's like I have the research right there. I dropped out of a PhD program. So I have like super nerd academic researcher vibes in me. And this just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. (laughs) I love that this has been a journey for you and we can all just like hop on the bandwagon with you and not have to do that journey. I'm going to be honest. Yes. So that is awesome. Yeah. We'll have all that linked up in the show notes so you can, uh, so we can make it super simple for you guys to, to add those or to check those out for sure. And I also have an awesome, awesome freebie for you guys from Alyssa. So Alyssa, if you want to let us know a little bit about that and what it will help our audience with. Yes. So one of the other things that people come to me with is they're like, how do I answer the question? What do I do? Like if you've ever had a panic moment of like someone asks you, what do you do? And you're just like, what do I do? 5,000 things. So what am I going to tell you right now? So I created a freebie that lets you pop in. It asks you a few questions. It's like, what do you absolutely love helping people with? What's your favorite beverage? Where can people find you? And it spits out this paragraph that you can go share or use to have a really jazzed up version of what you do. Yeah, I love that. And we've all had that question get asked. So everyone go and check out that awesome, awesome freebie. Where else can people connect with you or tell you that they really enjoyed listening to your interview? Yeah, let's see. My Facebook group, the Make It Mentionable Facebook group is a great place to come get plugged in. And then Instagram, I'm pretty open over there. So at Alyssa Patmos or alyssapatmos.com. 
there are links to all these things on multiple platforms, but I would say the Facebook group and Instagram are, are great places to sort of jump right into the conversations that I love to have. Yes, perfect. And yeah, Instagram's my jam too, so I get it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for diving into this topic, giving us a framework, letting us really use this to set us up for success. So thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.